How many of you, open your Bibles if you would, to Lamentations 3. Now it's got me all messed up. Lamentations 3, and then I'm going to ask this question. How many of you like new things? You like new things? Okay, I and two other people. Well, the rest of you can just buy used uh, I think probably if we were honest, I know you all were going to the Lamentations 3 in your Bible, so you didn't have time to raise your hands. But nevertheless, I believe all of us like new things. I mean, um, new cars, new clothes, man, to live in a new house. You know, I lived in a new house one time. My mom and dad bought, I believe it was a 12 by 62 mobile home. And it was brand new, man. I can remember how that house smelled so nice on the inside and Man, we moved into it and tore it up, so uh, it wasn't new anymore. We like new things. We like new things so much that we will actually buy air freshener for our cars that regardless of how old they are and how big of a piece of junk they are, we can spray it in there, and for a moment or two, we can smell like a new car scent. Amen? Okay. So we like new things. This morning, I'm going to be talking about new things, new things. And sometimes I, I believe we, this is a very familiar portion of Scripture, but I believe sometimes we don't see it like God wants us to see it. And so this morning, I really believe that this word is a very encouraging word for us as his children. So Lamentations 3, I'm going to read it out of a couple of different versions. Uh, Lamentations 3, verse 22 It says, through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Here's another version. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. God's loyal love couldn't have run out. His merciful love couldn't have dried up. They're created new every morning. How great your faithfulness. That's out of the message. Now the King James Version says, His mercies. His mercies. Now this morning we're going to talk about when, what, why God loves us. I mean, if you think about it, that's the greatest truth that humanity could ever get a hold of is that God loves us. He loves us. I really believe that one of the biggest stumbling blocks, perhaps, that Christian people face today in seeing God really manifest his blessings and manifest his his love to us is the enemy is constantly whispering in our ear that he does not love us. That he can't love us. That, man, we're too big of a failure. That we've messed up too many times. Amen? Now, I know most of you couldn't have been perfect growing up like... I started to say me, but man, I couldn't. I just could not force that one in there. But you know somebody, perhaps, that they grew up and they never got in trouble. You know, they never, never had the teachers ever suspend them from school. You know those perfect children. But, uh, you know, most of us didn't grow up that way. Most of us grew up making all kinds of mistakes. And because of that, the enemy has this, this, this whole file folder for, full of things that he can bring to our recollection. Amen? I mean, how in the world could you ask God for that? Because you did that. And folks, folks, if you were real good as a child, listen to this. He's got some stuff in the file folder that are just, they're fresh off the printer. Amen? 
Yeah? You remember last week whenever you were ugly to your spouse? You remember? Well, yeah, okay. See, we that's this, this thing that the enemy uses on us all the time to make us feel like that our God does not love us. That, and so this morning, we're going we're gonna to look at it because both, how in the world do we know that God loves us? We know by faith. Because he tells us over and over and over that he loves us. He tells us that our sins are under the blood. That our sins are forgiven. That our sins are forgotten. But still, but still. And so it's by faith we got to reach out and say, you know what? God loves me. I may be a knucklehead, but God still loves me. And he loves me every day. There's not one second of this day that goes by that my God loves me any less or any more. He just loves me all the way. So, we read this scripture out of Lamentations, and the thing, that, the thing that you kind of find with this scripture is it's kind of an unusual praise, because that's what Jeremiah is doing. He's praising the Lord for this, this amazing faithfulness, for this amazing compassion, for this amazing mercies that he shows new every morning. You see, the fact that this statement appears in this book of Lamentations is probably one of the most remarkable things in the Bible. Jeremiah has just witnessed the wrath of God poured out on the entire nation of Israel. I'm talking the wrath of God. I'm not talking about a little, you know, spank on the hands. God poured out His wrath. Their armies have been defeated. Their defenses were overwhelmed. Their riches were pillaged. Their cities were, were looted. Their cities were burned. The men were killed. Their women and children were taken captive. They were enslaved. Most of the people that remained alive had suffered mass resettlements. They had loaded them up and forced them on marches, literally thousands of miles sometimes to foreign countries where they were settled among people who absolutely hated them. So in other words, it was a bad time in the nation of Israel. But here's Jeremiah right in the middle of it saying, man, how great is your faithfulness. Your mercies, your compassions are new every morning. If I'd have been one of those folks growing up in Israel about that time, I'd have go, wait a minute. That don't sound right. See, Jeremiah still in the midst of literally weeping over the calamity that had taken place on a national level, he begins to praise God for his mercies that are new every morning. I'm just going to tell you something. I feel like that is remarkable. Because one of the things that, and I'll just share where I'm at. Usually whenever I'm in the midst of a mess, the last thing I want to do is praise God. Just being honest. I want to kick something, but not be praising God. And so this morning, kind of make sure we're all on the same uh, page here. Is there anybody in this room besides myself that you might be experiencing some pretty tough times? See, that's me. I've, I've got a tough time every once in a while. I've got four kids, so you all know I've got a tough time every once in a while. You ever felt like there was a place in your life where you just, maybe you wished there wasn't going to be a tomorrow? You know, just God, come right now. Get me. Send the bus. Or maybe you felt this way. That life is as bad as it can get. <laughs> I've, I've felt that way a couple of times. If I didn't get you with those first two, I'll probably get you with this one. There's just too many bills to pay 
and not enough money in the bank. Oh, so that's not you. You should have given more in the offering than a while ago. Okay. Or maybe this way. You've got a sickness, can't seem to get over, can't seem to get healed from it. Maybe, maybe you've just come to a place where it just feels like you can't go on another day. Well, see, right in the middle of this, God sends a note of encouragement so you and I can find help. You and I can find hope. It's kind of like God's sticky note, you know? You ever come in and somebody leave you a sticky note plastered on the mirror, on the refrigerator, you know, on your forehead? I don't know where it was, but a sticky note to remind you of something. For heaven's sake, I've left my own self sticky notes. And so this is what God's doing. He's saying, listen, right in the middle of whatever it is that you might be going through, I want to give you this word of encouragement, this note of encouragement, because you need hope. You see, no matter how bad sometimes that it might seem, God is still on his throne. Nobody has moved in and kicked him off. God is still the all-powerful God that we read about throughout the whole Bible. And I will tell you this, whenever you know that God is still where He has always been, we can find comfort, we can find hope in the fact that He is still God. A few years ago, I'm I'm scared of heights, and a few years ago we went to uh, a zoo that had a, a gondola that went over the top of the lions and tiger cages and you know, I was a mechanic for a few years, and so we got on that thing. Renee was holding my hand, pulling me the whole way, and Cody was a little baby, but uh, we got on there. He wasn't scared at all, but I was like, good, oh, no. And it started up, and it started moving over all these animal pens that can eat you if you hit the ground. And so I look up, and there's this little bitty aluminum hook that hooked a wire. <laughs> what? Is that all that's holding me? My mind began to think, oh my goodness, what if that thing is fatigued and it's going to break? And by the time I got to the other side of it on safety, I guarantee you, I was, I was, I was, I was praying to God, God, I'll never do this again if you'll let me live through this. I figured that the animals wouldn't be a problem because whenever I hit the ground, I'd be dead anyway. You know what I'm saying? But I got to thinking, well, how could they do like a double security thing, you know? And I was going to invent something, but I never did. That's why I'm not rich. But you know, God, in this scripture, he literally gives us like a double security. Two, two different times, he, he gives us these words for the way he feels about us. Two times, not just once. See, I always... My wife and I, we have this little thing goes back and forth. Probably some of y'all do. You know, I love you. I love you more kind of thing. See, I just want her to know I love her like double what she loves me. And she says, no, you don't love me double. I said, I'm twice as big as you, so I love you twice as much. She doesn't ever buy into that, but nevertheless, it's what I do. But here, God literally tells us two different ways, uses two different words for the way he feels. And so based on these two different words, we got to look at it as proof that God's never going to stop loving us. First, the chesed, that is the Hebrew word for mercies, and, the, and the, then rakam, the word for compassion. And so we look at Chesed, and we look, this, is, this is, means God's sworn love. 
The Hebrew word means a love or an affection that is steadfast. I will not move. It's based on God's loyalty. It's based on God's devotion to us. Especially in this relationship because, see, God has, God has loved us through a covenant. Does that make sense? See, today we're always writing contracts and we're always trying to find somebody to get us out of those contracts. But see, God wrote a contract that He does not want out of, that He can't get out of, because God's Word, as I taught the youth last Wednesday night, God cannot lie. And so He said, this, this, this covenant is for real, it's forever. In Deuteronomy 7, it says this, God, uh, 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 therefore, therefore, now, I'll be able to read this in a minute. Therefore, know that the Lord your God, He is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love Him and keep His commandments. So, love is connected there in Deuteronomy 7 with the word covenant. So, we know that, that it is a sworn love, God's covenant love towards us. In Deuteronomy 7, just the, uh, the verse previous to the one I just read, it says, because the Lord loves you and because he would keep his oath which he swore to your fathers. God loves us. It's a sworn love. See, as, as, part, of, as part of God's covenant in Jesus Christ, God swore his love to you you see you've been sprinkled with the blood of the covenant now whether we realize this or not but we're covered in the blood of jesus christ and so whenever he sees us through that amazing blood folks there's no way he can abandon what he has said he would do i love you i love you he can't abandon it. His love is unshakable. It is unbreakable because it is based on his oath. And that's a place right there that you and I can say, man, praise God. God loves me. Even when I'm being ugly, God loves me. Even whenever I, I, I do everything I can to resist him, he still loves me. So let me just read you this little story. You know, because it's a covenant it's a blood covenant where we get this, this, this steadfast love that God has for us. It says, one evangelist spoke to Christians in a military during his message, and he displayed his own copy of a Pacific Fleet New Testament. So he had this little New Testament. Follow the meeting, following the meeting, a member of the audience showed him another Pacific Fleet Testament, one given to his son prior to the bombing at Pearl Harbor. This white Pacific New Testament was bloodstained. The man said to him, he said, Sir, this little book is very precious to me, all the more because it's stained with the blood of my son. I believe God feels the same way about this book right here. Because you see, every page on it is stained with the blood of Jesus Christ. This new covenant blood that is established through the blood of Jesus, Jesus, the Son of God. And I will tell you that God the Father loves every page that is blood-stained in this book as well. And I'll just tell you something. God is never going to allow His Son's blood to have been spilled in vain. He loves us. 
He loves us. This amazing love that He has for us. This word racham means compassions. And it's like, it's God's mother-like tenderness. How many of you all know that moms have this amazing tenderness that dads don't have towards their kids? I've never seen a mother throw their child as high as they can possibly throw them towards the ceiling. Never seen a mom go, watch this. Regardless of ceiling fans or light fixtures, I've never seen a mom do that. Moms are tender-like, and where do you think they get that tenderness from? Well, it's a God-given thing, amen? You see, this, this second word that is used here, it's, it's literally related to the, to the womb of the woman. It's suggesting that it it's, comes from a mother's love, a mother's faithfulness. And just as a mother has that, that very tender feeling for their children, the children that she bore, so God has those mother-like feelings for His kids. David expressed the same thing in, in Psalm 103.13. It says, The Lord is like a father to His children, tender and compassionate to those who fear Him. Just as there's no real mom that's out there that's ever going to turn their love for their child off. It just can't happen. Real moms out there love their kids. They love their kids whether their kids love them back. Are you all there? I've been a pastor long enough to have counseled with so many moms that their kids have literally just gone astray and they've just walked away and there came a time where there was that separation. But I will tell you that the love of that mother had not waned one bit. Moms just can't turn it off and neither can God. God cannot turn His love off. Let me tell you, the next time the enemy comes to you, knocks on your heart's door and just says, hey, I don't think God loves you as much today as He loved you yesterday. You just need to say, listen, Satan, you goof-headed weirdo. You don't have to use all that, but you can find something. Say, there's no way that God could ever stop loving me. Regardless of how ugly I was yesterday, regardless of how disobedient I might have been, my God cannot turn His love on and off. It's on and it remains on. There's hardwire there. There's no switch. And so this morning, God not only feels like a mother, a mother's love for us, but he, He's also sworn His love and He'll never, never fail us. It's that double assurance. I love you. I've swore my love to you. My love is tender. It's compassionate. But this morning, we look at this verse and we go, okay, so why is it that I need God's mercies and His compassions towards me new every morning? They're new. You see, it's not something used from yesterday that you drag out. Go, well, man, I almost used this up, but I got a little bit left. No, God just gives us a whole new supply New, brand new, sitting there on your doorstep, just like a UPS driver delivered something from Amazon and you're just ready to break into that box. Know that outside your doorstep every morning, God brings you a whole new supply of compassion and mercies. Yeah. So, but why do we need it? Why are those sticky notes all over the place? God's saying, I love you. I'm merciful towards you. My compassions. Oh, oh, just learn it, people. Well, I think we need God's mercies new, God's compassions new every morning because 
I think we need those proofs of God's love. You've heard the old thing that a wife been married to her husband for like 50 years and she she said you know you don't ever you've you've never told me that you loved me not one time during the course of our marriage except whenever we got married and he said i told you once it hasn't changed so i'm not going to tell you again i'm just telling you that's not that's not good politics men okay i try to tell my wife i love her every day every day and i will tell you this i think we need to know god loves us every day I just need that. I need that reassurance. And so whenever the sun comes up in the morning, those of you that are awake, run out and look at it right quick and just go, that is a sign right there that my God loves me. He's giving me this big old huge box of mercies. He's giving me this big old huge box of compassions. And the reason is, is because he loves me. God wants us to have fresh proofs every morning of his unchanging love, of his unchanging compassion. We wake up to that new beginning every morning. And, and, and the great thing about that great beginning is yesterday's stuff is history. Man, aren't you glad every once in a while just to lay down at the end of the day and go, man, I am glad this day is done. God's promise that whatever we need, we have for that day. God will meet our needs. That's why they're new every morning. I'll give you another reason why they we need them every morning is because uh, every day that we live, we're probably going to have some new challenges. And that's the very politically correct way of saying it. Okay, we're going to have a lot of crud to put up with. Y'all understand what I'm saying? I mean, man, stuff happens every day. And so this morning, you know, whenever I got out of bed, I go, okay, what, what am I going to face today? Tomorrow, whenever I get out of bed, I'm going to say, what, do I, what am I going to face? I have an idea that the, that the same things I faced yesterday uh, may not be here. Maybe not the same things that I'm going to face tomorrow. But each day is going to have its separate set of trials, its separate set of difficulties. And Jesus knows that. Our Father knows that. He knows that we're going to have these new challenges every day. So He gives us new, fresh mercies. He gives us new, fresh compassions that are just what you and I need for each and every day. I like that. I like that. You ever gotten in the refrigerator and you thought something was in there enough to cook the meal with and you got to... It's like last week we were having burritos and... Caleb texted me and he said, we need tortillas because we didn't have enough. We'd eaten. Our family eats. It's crazy. I thought there was plenty in there. You see, it's never that way with God. Everything is new. Everything is enough each and every day. So we have these new challenges We need those proofs. That's why they're new every day. But let me just preach this for somebody else because I know you and I probably don't deal with this much. Maybe occasionally, maybe once every month or two. But I'll tell you why else we need new mercies, new compassions. Because every morning brings new temptations and new sins. And again, I know I'm not preaching to people who need this much. But sometimes there are people that scarcely get their eyes open before some wrong thoughts 
or some wrong words come along. And again, don't look at me sideways. I'm not saying this is you. But how many of you know somebody, perhaps, that even before they got out of bed, they were being ugly? Me too. Wasn't me. This week, anyway. You see, that's why we need new mercies. That's why we need a, 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 a new compassions. Because many times we find ourselves in the midst of a day where we need a pardon. Amen? Where we need a pardon. So God promises that, that He will, with temptation, make a way of escape. God's new grace, God's new mercy will mean where sin abounds, His grace much more abounds. Which, folks, i got to tell you something. There have been so many days in my life where I have come to a place where I just go, God, I have messed up, I have messed up, and I have messed up all day long. And it is so nice to know that that very morning He delivered me a big box of compassion and a big box of mercy. Man, I, I drained a couple of those boxes the day before, but I got a brand new one. And God says, man, if you confess your sin, I'll forgive you. Just tell me. I will wipe it off your, your, your chart. Not only do we know that we're going to probably mess up and have temptations, we're going to have challenges, we need God's proofs that He loves us, but I believe each day brings new duties that you and I are called to perform for His kingdom. You see, we can't perform what He's called us to do in the natural God may call on us to lay hands on the sick or to cast out a demon or to lead a a person to faith in Jesus Christ. And that's why God has told us it's not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. That's why that, you know, years ago I was reminded of this story, but it fits so perfectly. Caleb was a little bitty guy. I mean, little bitty. We were getting ready for church on a Sunday morning and he had gotten his pants on and he was trying to thread his belt through the belt loops. And he just was having a very difficult time in doing Doing that, and so his mom says, "Caleb, bring it over here. I'll help you get those through there." And he says, "Nope, nope, mom. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me." Renee goes, "Okay, you got it." And so it wasn't very long that he had that belt woven through all of those belt loops, and uh, and and he was ready to go to church. But folks, that's the same idea that you and I need to get a hold of. This mercy, these compassions that are new every morning, it gives us what we need to be able to serve Him today. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. All the service that I did for God a year ago, folks, it's it's not going to give me an excuse for not serving Him today. We need His ability. We need His ability to accomplish the task that He gives us each and every day. So that's why we need new mercies. And the list could go way, way on, way on, but I'm going to stop there because I want to get to this song. You know, there's a song at the end of that verse, right? Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. And then there's the song. Are you all there? Great is your faithfulness. Man, great is your faithfulness. The Hebrew word there for faithfulness literally means firmness. 
And that firmness can be compared to like the rock of Gibraltar. It doesn't move. You know what I'm saying? This rock isn't going to move. That's God's faithfulness. God's faithfulness. I mean, most of the stuff that you and I run around with, it moves. Political winds change from one way to the other. I mean, I've seen so many political winds come and go in my lifetime. Uh, it, it just seems like every fad. You know, whenever you, you catch up with the way people are supposed to be dressing, it's about that time that people are dressing differently. You catch up with the way your hair is supposed to be cut, and people are cutting their hair different. Y'all, you catch up with the the right colors that you're supposed to be painting your house and decorating, and it's already gone. I can tell you, though, God is not that way. God doesn't move. The Bible tells us He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. My wife, whenever she could, she was a furniture-moving wife. There's so many times I got up in the middle of the night thinking a piece of furniture was where it was whenever I seen it yesterday, and I've, I've fallen, stumped my toes so many times, you name it. Why'd you move it over there? Because I could. She, she moved furniture. Oh, my goodness. We lived in a mobile home at one time, and we had a, a chest-type freezer in Cody's bedroom. You say, well, why'd you have it there? Because it's the only place we could put it. We just butchered a big beef and put it in there, so it weighed probably 10 or 12, 14 tons. And Renee got tired of it being on that wall, so she moved it over there to that wall. And whenever she moved it over there to that wall, she was about seven months pregnant. And I have no idea how that little booger moved that chest-type freezer all the way over to that wall. Are you all there? I got home that night and go, Renee, what'd you do? She said, I moved the freezer. I said, Renee, you should have waited until I got home. I moved it by myself. I'm okay. Oh, I'm hurting all over. You see, we live in a world that just changes all the time, all the time. But this is God, and He is literally the rock of Gibraltar. He describes, uh, the, the word literally describes God's unmovable character. He is permanent. He is reliable. Whenever the storms of life are blowing all around us, we, we can know that there is a God, that His, that He is, His, His power is as solid as a rock. It makes no difference what the world is doing. God God does not move. God does not change. Change. He is the anchor. Whenever the storms of life begin to blow and the wave, the waves crash, and 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 the boat seems as though it's going to move, God's anchor holds fast in the storm. See, God is literally the faithful one. Great is your faithfulness. There's a lot of verses that name things that God is especially faithful to do. He's faithful. He's faithful. He's, you, he's faithful to all of these things. He's faithful to finish the good work that He started in us. And we should all say amen to that. Whew. He's faithful to give, forgive us whenever we confess our sins. He's faithful to sympathize whenever we have burdens or problems. 
We never need to fear that God is too busy to listen to us or or too tired to help. He is faithful to deliver whenever we cry out for help in a time of temptation. He's faithful to keep us in this life and unto death, even through eternal life. We can't commit ourselves into the hand of a faithful creator that is not faithful. And so that's why God is faithful. Doesn't move. I'm glad that a few years from now, whenever I step into glory, however it is I go, whether by death or whether by the rapture, I'm, I'm glad I'm not going to get up there and find that God's changed his mind about a whole lot of stuff. I mean, he might change his mind about a few of you, but not. I'm just joking. Y'all understand? I'm, I'm glad that whenever I get to heaven, those things that I have got a hold of here on this earth and I have believed for and I have staked my eternity on, it's not going to change whenever I step over into glory. He's going to say, hey, a couple of things you need to know, a couple of things have changed. No, it's not going to be that way. Not going to get up there. And he goes, hey, we ran out of money and we've had to pay part of the roads with some, just some gravel, but there's a little bit of gold. No. He doesn't change. He is the faithful one. And I will tell you, because He is faithful, He will fulfill His promises to us. What a great testimony to start this message off with. Five years. Five years is a long long time to pray for a kid. But you know what? God's able. God's able. And we're thankful that that young man's now where he needs to be. But God was working even whenever we couldn't see Him working. Yes. My dad had just passed away almost two years ago now. He was a heathen all of his life. All of his life. And I prayed for him and I believed for him. And I, I witnessed to him. And there was no headway. In fact, sometimes I felt like he was going backwards, not forwards. And just a few weeks prior to his death, somebody led him to Jesus Christ. And now he's in eternity with Jesus. And i got to say that I prayed for him for almost 40 years. Almost 40 years I prayed for him. And it seemed like it was never going to happen. It's just like Miss Stephanie said, I'm not giving up on Renee. I'm believing that she's going to have lunch ready whenever I get home. And if it's not tomorrow, then it's, I mean today, then it's tomorrow. I'm believing God because God will fulfill all of His promises. And I'll tell you why. Because His mercies and His compassions, they are new every morning. Every morning. He'll do what He said He'll do. He'll fulfill those promises. This is what Joshua said to the children of Israel. He got them all clustered up and he says, You know with all your heart and with all your soul that not one of all the good promises the Lord God gave you has failed. Every promise has been fulfilled. Not one has failed. That's Joshua 23, 14. That's what Joshua said. He says, guys, you've seen it with your own eyes. You've seen every promise that he gave us. They have been fulfilled. God's promises work. I have a little resistance to tell this story, but I think I think it'll hit home with us. Years ago, I knew someone who was separated from his wife and uh, going through a very difficult time. Uh, Wife basically didn't want to follow his career. And so she stayed where her parents were at and he moved so that his career could be better. 
And he had great faith that his wife was one day going to join him. And this marriage was going to be restored. And um, I can remember the story of him literally sitting out on his front porch and saying, she's going to be driving down the road just any time because I'm believing God to put this thing back together. Believing God. I'm believing God. Strong faith. I mean, man, it seemed like every time I was around him, that's what he was talking about. I'm believing God. God's going to do it. God's going to do it. Well, you know how the enemy is? He is a slow down, sorry, beep, beep. He's just terrible. In the midst of all of this, the enemy just began to move in with a scheme and with a plot. And before very long, there was another woman in the, in the picture. And all of a sudden, I don't want my wife anymore. I'm leaving. So the divorce was finalized. And in the midst of all of this, you know what happened? And I always scratched my head about this. There came a time about a year later that this wife came back to be with her husband. And I've just always wondered, was he fulfilling the promise that he had made? And see, it wasn't too late. Are y'all following what I'm saying? It wasn't too late. The marriage could have been restored, but it was not, the guy wasn't willing anymore, if that makes any sense. Because God's promises work. They work. Whenever you stand in faith and believe, I, I just got to tell you, whenever my wife was first diagnosed with MS, I'm just going to tell you, I figured it'd be maybe two, three, four, five weeks, and she'd be better. Got to heal. And we're in our third decade now of her struggling with this. But I will tell you this. His promises work. God will provide for his children. You know Why? Because his mercies and his compassions. Listen to me, church. He is compassionate towards you. He's compassionate. He loves you like a mom. I mean, dads, whenever their kids fall down, dad, get up, walk it off, it's okay. Here, here's a hanky, get the blood off your face. But moms, Oh, come, he's hurt worse than you think he is. Ah, he'll be all right. He's a Watson. Oh, come here, honey. That's why kids always run to their moms. Because dad's saying, walk it off. His compassions towards you are new every morning. The story is told about Charles Spurgeon and the grandfather of Charles Spurgeon. His name was James. James, Charles Spurgeon's granddad, was a great man of faith. He was a preacher himself. But he had a large family and he had a small income. But he loved the Lord and he loved to share the gospel. So one day, the cow on which the family relied on for the milk every day died. And James Spurgeon, his wife, you know, they're in a pickle. The wife really concerned about this cow dying because she's saying now we won't have milk for the kids. And this is what James Spurgeon said. God will provide. He told his wife, he said, you know, if God wanted to, he could send us 50 cows because that's how my God is. On the very same day that the cow died, 
a group met in London, England, a group that James Spurgeon didn't even know. They wanted to help meet the needs of poor pastors. And they raised, they raised a large sum of money, and they began sending it to different pastors in need so as to help their families. Whenever they reached the end of the list, S was the last name on the list, there were still five pounds left, about $50 of what we would consider today. One man suggested sending it to James Spurgeon. Another said, no, let's not just send five pounds. Let me add five more to go with it. Others joined in, and the day after his cow died, James Spurgeon received 20 pounds in the mail, enough to buy a new cow. You see, folks, this morning, Jared, if you'll come and help me close this, we, we, can, we can trust in the promises that God has given us. God will provide. He'll provide. This should encourage us that every morning we live, we can get up, run outside, and know that He has let up, uh, left a ginormous package of, of compassions, a ginormous package of mercies, and they're just for us. The amazing thing about it is we don't have to share with nobody because everybody gets the same mercy. Everybody gets the same amount of compassion. My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. You can trust God. You can trust him. You can trust him to keep his word. You can trust him to perform his word. There have been times in my life where I have genuinely felt like God had failed me. I mean genuinely. Not joking, but I felt like he had let me down. But you know, every one of those situations, it turned out that he hadn't. That was just my perception. He met my prayers in a different way, perhaps, than I thought he would. But every time he has come through for me, we can absolutely be on a shadow of a doubt, be assured that God is never going to take his love away from us. Never going to come a time where he says, sorry, don't love you anymore. Because those mercies, those compassions are new every morning. So this morning, I'm going to ask the prayer team to go ahead and come and prepare to pray. Because the next question is this. How many of you have had some battles lately? And I'm going to say that that away because I believe perhaps it's the most appropriate. How many of you have had some battles lately? They could be battles in your finances. They could be battles in your health. They could be battles in your family. Perhaps even right in the middle of your marriage. But there's battles. The enemy is a liar. He's a thief. The Bible tells us that his mission, his, his, his literal job description is to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And he is bent on doing that in your life. So this morning, if there is something that you are battling against, know this morning whenever you got up, there was a huge box 
of compassion and a huge box of mercies that God gave you to use this day. You can't hold them over for tomorrow, so I want you to just use them all up today. So as the last thing that you do tonight, whenever you go to bed, is you use that last little bit in the bottom of that box. Compassions are new every morning. They're new every morning. His mercies are new every morning. And I will tell you this, God wants to love on you before you leave this place this morning. He wants to demonstrate his compassion towards you. He wants to demonstrate his mercies towards you. And so if there's something that you are battling this morning, I'm going to ask you just to right now, get out of your seat and come forward. These folks want to pray with you. They want to agree with you. They want to be that blessing in your life to just stand with you and say, man, I, I agree that God is going to do a miracle because his compassions, his mercies are new every morning. Go ahead, folks. Just step out of your seats and come. This is the end of our service this morning. We're going to pray for these folks around the altar. Those of you that need to go, you can slip out the back quietly. But we're going to have some prayer time, and we're going to have some believing time. And I believe we're going to have some miracle time in Jesus' name. His passion, His compassion, and His mercies are new every single morning. Amen. Amen.